You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 24, the Nicholas Sundstrom of Podcasts. Andy... I know you're back here. You you weren't on the last podcast. Never in a million years did I expect the New York Rangers to win this game. And I'm starting this off a little bit differently here. Was this maybe the most shocking game of the season for you, the way the New York Rangers played? Because that's how I want to start it, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was shocking because I think it's... We've seen this type of effort from them, obviously, not nowhere near consistently enough. Uh, but in select games this year, they have played the way they played in this game. And they played it the first game of the year against Tampa, where they absolutely, you know, blew their barn doors off. Uh, they played this way at times when in their comeback versus the Devils in the third period, they absolutely played this way to, to, to get it to even coming from behind and they played this way now. And obviously they've also had other, like how they ended the blues game after a kind of a rough start, they ended up finishing this way. And it kind of played out similarly that they were, you know, their first period uh, was them playing defensive hockey. They were trying to defend a team. I think that's what Turk said. They told him in the locker room is like their first period was us trying to defend against a good team instead of playing our game against a good team. So and then they just got better in the second and even better in the third and they won the game, you know? And, uh, but as, yeah, I think it was, it, I think it was shocking in which, because this year we're not used to them pulling it out or even last year, it was just so hard for them in the regular season to beat the Sabres. It's always just such a bad matchup for them or has been, but this was the first time. I don't even know if you could say in the playoffs, maybe, they were getting their their the goals in the in the game seven against them, and, and obviously at home, I thought they were mostly some of the wins they were a better team. But this is the first time I thought they thoroughly outplayed them, and then the defensive numbers and the the underlying metrics for this game kind of support that that the Rangers outplayed the Hurricanes and got the win, which and I think that in and of itself is very shocking. Well, yeah, and like the the reason why I, I want to start off hard with this game is because. This is what the New York Rangers are capable of doing. We say this every single podcast. It's a flip of a coin. 
They're essentially two-faced. They flip the coin before they go out in the ice and they say, are we going to be the team that can dominate, you know, generate scoring chances, actually, you know, score goals on the power play and take advantage of the special teams games? You know, are we going to be the team that, you know, crashes the net? And uh, I, I heard some clapping there. No, that was my... Oh. That was that was my chair. Yeah, oh, I, I, I thought I thought you were clapping for possibly Team USA. We are recording this during uh, the U.S. Canada game. Uh, so, but yeah, it there, it just seemed like everything kind of came together. And I know, listen, the Carolina Hurricanes at that point have won eleven in a row. You know they're playing very good hockey, and it just seemed like the Rangers were just like, you know what, we're not going to be able to beat this team by you know being patient we're gonna have to take the game to them exactly what i've been saying for the last freaking three podcasts is that the new york rangers need to set the tone they need to play their game they need to and you know and it comes down to individual players you know playing to that level and you know i just thought the new york rangers were you know they were putting things together and that's a team that can beat anybody on any given night and listen i know carolina took a lot of penalties and Obviously, we can talk about that controversial call at the end, but at the end of the day, the harder you work, the you know when you get the puck in deep and when you're you know skating all over the zone and skating away from the puck, good things happen and teams take penalties. It's just the nature of the game. And when you're just constantly going to work and constantly moving your feet and cycling the puck and forcing them to move at your pace, good things happen. And the Carolina Hurricanes took four legitimate penalties, maybe not one, you know, one, but you went three for five on the power play last night. And, you know, Carolina went 0 for three on the power play. So, you know, you cleaned up the, you know, special teams game and lo and behold, guess what? You won five to three. So uh, no shocker there on what the result is when you, you know, score three power play goals in the game, you probably are going to end up winning that hockey game. And listen, that's the difference that that can be the difference. And, you know, again, you know, I don't want to go there, you know, this quickly, but, you know, this is when you got to string together three or four games in a row of this level of hockey and, and take it to teams and, and beat and, and win hockey games and beat these teams because, you know, the win against the Hurricanes is a huge win. It's a two point swing for a team that you're chasing in the standings. And, you know, you, you, listen, you got the New Jersey Devils above you. You got the Capitals, Islanders and Pittsburgh and Buffalo nipping at your heels. So. Listen, every game is huge. The fact that the New York Rangers got that win was huge. Um, you know, obviously giving up goals, the shift after you score within 15 seconds or so, not good. Uh, maybe Gallant could take note of who he has on the ice because shockingly it's uh, what the Truba pair uh, with, with Miller uh, maybe probably shouldn't go out there after a goal next game. But you know, other than that, you win a hockey game, you, you start to convert on the power play. If that gets hot, we can be a very dangerous team. But consistency has been our kryptonite this year. So, um, yeah, any, any anything else from that game? No, I, you know, you and I were talking about this off air and that it seemed like as the Rangers, you know, when we talk about what is the New York Rangers game, I think it's. They're not the fastest team in the league, but they were definitely playing fast. They was a lot of there was a lot of swarming, obviously. Uh, 
just to, if they didn't have a, a, a breakout pass they liked, they would just kind of button hook back and give it to someone else who would make a rush up the ice. And just, they kept doing that till they would find options to get in the zone. And then they, they checked it in, they went after it and they won their battles. And, and honestly, the biggest thing was they started playing more physical and I, you know, me, James, I'm not, I'm not this guy who's, who thinks like you have to play super physical hockey in order to win. But I, I don't think it's a coincidence that when the Rangers started throwing big hits and meeting, stepping up to meet Carolina players in the neutral zone for big hits, all of a sudden their system fell apart and they stopped attacking as much. And it gave the Rangers more time to string plays together. You know what I mean? And, you know, Carolina obviously has some big players, but they also have a lot of smaller speedy forwards. And I think those players were the ones that uh, started, you know, maybe shying away from contact or the guys were a little bit softer as the Rangers, as the game went on, the Rangers got more and more physical and Carolina got less attacked less and less. And, yeah, I think, you know, I think it, it, it showed that way just by the ebbs and flow of the game and, and just obviously the power play chances the Rangers got. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I we do have to talk about, obviously, the elephant in the room, which, which just sucks. It was that, uh, you know, the broken, uh, playing the puck with a broken stick call on Martinick with, uh, what, two minutes, 30 seconds left in the game. Because if in a lot of ways, as great it was for the Rangers, it sucks because that that moment kind of put a little, I don't want to say a huge, but it was just a little bit of a damper on it because it kind of robbed the Rangers of the chance of beating, you know, holding their lead and beating their opponents. And, you know, with uh, with no tomfoolery, I guess you could say. Uh, But that basically just kiboshed, you know, any of uh, Carolina's chances of coming back in that game. Basically spend the last two minutes trying to get an equalizer goal and having to on when you know when your uh your team is killing a penalty to like pull your own goaltender to even it up which i thought was a dumb decision by brendan moore but i kind of get it but i also kind of don't but uh yeah james what was your whole thoughts on the uh the jordan martinook uh broken stick penalty i i think i i think i texted you immediately i was like that was probably the worst call i've ever seen in an nhl game i just think it number one even by definition, people are saying that was a penalty. I don't even think it was by definition. He didn't make a play with the puck. He couldn't have. He had one hand on his stick almost the entire time. And I think when we were talking about this today, Andy, you, you even mentioned like the he didn't even realize his stick was broken because he was kind of like pinched up against the boards. And then he goes and takes a look like at the puck down at, like by his feet, moves, you know, his stick to make a play but doesn't actually make a play because the stick is flailing every which way, you know, because it's broken. And then he drops it immediately. And, you know, it's not like he grabbed the bottom part of the shaft where the blade is and, and, you know, flipped the puck out of the zone. I mean, that, that to me is, you know, making a play towards the puck and, and, you know, illegally with a broken stick. It's not you, you know, go looking at the puck and realizing your stick's broken and then you drop it. And, you know, listen, if it was a 6-2 game and the Rangers were winning and they call it, yeah, whatever. But the fact that they called it in a one-goal game, it was back and forth all night. It was emotional. It had certainly playoff vibes. You know, the the garden was bumping finally. And, you know, you just felt like, you know, it, it was a good game and it was kind of just a sour way to, to end a hockey game. And like you said, it's just it puts like an asterisk on this win. Because it just doesn't feel like, well, the Rangers won, 
you know, the game in a 58 minute game, the last two minutes, unfortunately, you know, Carolina wasn't really given a, a proper chance. And yeah, it just, it's a tough call. I know you want to, to make the correct call, but you got to know when to swallow your whistle and you don't, you don't call a penalty like that. I mean, if that was against the Rangers, I would be livid and I'm pissed and it's not, you know, it went the Rangers way for once. So yeah, just a tough, tough look. I mean, do you think, do you think the NHL looks at that, that call and maybe there's a memo going out just saying like, I don't know, you don't have to be so, you know, tit for tat with that. Probably not, just because I, I just feel like it might, I don't know, remember the last time there was a call like this that ended up being like as egregious or as, uh, you know, strange or just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think we're going to see that again for a while. It's not happening enough for the league to care, but it, it just, it, yeah, it was just one of those. And I honestly think if it was any other official, it probably doesn't get called. You know what I mean? It's just, but for whatever yeah, he reason. he was a rookie, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. they talked about it, though. He had other officials with they, him. So I don't know if that's them, their way of backing him up in solidarity. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that you could clearly see. He's looking away. He can't perhaps can't, uh, you know, I think like by this, he looks down and kind of sees what's going finally sees what's going on with his stick. And he does try to go drop it. It's just, you know, he can't even move. It looks like more like he was trying to move it. Um, just along the boards to play it before anything happens. And then even when it's just kind of in his hand, it's if, even if you want to drop it, he's pinned along the wall. There's not much you could do there. It's not like you'd throw it down without it getting like pinned with him and the other players. You know what I mean? So it was a bad call. And honestly, the Rangers uh, broadcast Micheletti and Sam agree. It was a bad call. And uh, you know, that's, I think that's the good thing. I think, I don't even. I didn't see a single Rangers fan that was saying like you know tough shit or this or that. Most of them agreed that the uh, goaltending, excuse me, the goaltending, the officiating last night was very inconsistent for both teams, and ultimately that was a, a tough call for Carolina to take. But that being said, uh, I'll gladly take the the two points, and you know I'm not going to let it rain on my parade too much because ultimately the takeaway of that game was the Rangers did come from behind and. They looked like they had the game well in hand, you know, but uh, so, but, you know, I think they could have hold, held out another two minutes, 30 seconds, but, you know, unfortunately Carolina was robbed of that chance and the Rangers were robbed of the chance to prove without a doubt that they could do that, you know, so it stinks, but uh, it, I don't know. It's, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to cry too much over it, but obviously it's just, yeah, I don't know if yeah, it just, I knew if I was, a, if that had been called against the Rangers in any capacity, I would be absolutely furious. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, if that was if it was a you know if it was a three goal game, I'd say it is what it is. Like, okay, that's the penalty you want to call. But the fact that one goal game is just oof, just tough, 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 tough. Um, but other than that, listen, man, the Rangers say what you want. They're not playing their best hockey, and we all, I think. I think most fans know, we all know that this is like a team that could definitely play a lot better. You saw glimpses of it last night against Carolina. Um, you know, they're 7-2-1 in their last 10, which is shocking to look at because you just don't feel that confidence. It's like when they're, when they lose, it's like they lose and it's bad. But, you know, when they win and they beat teams like Carolina, you just see this extra gear that the New York Rangers have. And you're like, why can't you just do that every single night? You know, yeah. obviously there's going to be hiccups, but you know what I mean? Just a little bit more consistent. Well, you know, it, it's funny because it, it's like, I think obviously why Rangers fans all season have been so, uh, I guess, disappointed at times is because you know what potential they have. You know that they can perform at this level. And this is not like, you know, Carolina beat, or excuse me, like the Coyotes beating the the Avalanche, you can know you know that there is the ability to play winning, sustainable hockey, and I think that's obviously what's the most frustrating is just you're just not getting it. Maybe with the regularity you would like to, but I would say this: there t- that last year, like obviously they were a little bit more in the flow of their games and they were winning, like winning games. I don't think I've seen them be as dominant at times last year as they've been at the times this year, it just hasn't been as consistent. You know what I mean? They've got, they got timely goals last year. They got timely goaltending from Igor, but it hasn't been this thing where it's like, Oh wow. They, they actually shut the team down and they forced their will and they came back. That wasn't really happening too much last year. So, and obviously lo and behold, you look at Kako finally coming into his own as a first liner and, you know, he's finally getting rewarded for for his efforts uh, and getting the points are, are finally clicking. You know, if, if if Turk ever tries to move him off the Kreider Zibanejad line, he's a, an idiot. I don't know what else to say. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I mean, and it seems like obviously Kraftsoff has also been getting better and better. He was great again last night. Him and Panarin have found a little spark. He's kind of and Panarin was one of those games we've seen a few times this year where he's he's for checking and, and hard and trying to get it. And I just think, you know, at times this year when he's been motivated, he finds that gear that we, he's been accused of not really having in the past and doing those things. And he gets, you know, he, uh, good things happen. And, you know, crafts off. I think he, his, those two have some, uh, potential, um, to really, you know, I think gel chemistry wise, especially cause it didn't happen with, uh, you know, with Trocheck maybe to the extent they had hoped originally. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I still think there's some things to be ironed out. I don't think VC Keto Lafreniere is working so much. Obviously, you know, the kid line works. So you you would wonder if uh, maybe replacing, moving VC down to the fourth line and trying a Julian Gauthier with those two might be, or hell, even trying, I know, I can't believe I'm saying this, even trying a Barkley Goodrow with those two, you know, just because. You know, I like I like VC. He's a great defensive forward, but he's just not very offensive to speak of. And you know, I don't know. I think, uh, and in fairness, Heedle's been sick apparently because he's been struggling the last few games. And I was wondering what was going on. Why, after looking 
like the best of the kid kids so far all season. He's looked like shit. But Turk said he has been fighting something. He's been sick. But you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it seems like they they get closer and closer to finding balance in their lineup and. Even on D, just, you know, been splitting Truba and Miller, you know, away from each other more and more at times. And it's just wielded better results. You know, at times you've seen Lindgren on the ice with Miller instead of Truba and, you know, Truba and Miller together. And it's had good results, you know. So they're getting closer, but it's still not perfect. And that kind of leads us to what, you know, do they try to use the trade deadline to address the imbalances they still have in their uh, bottom six and on their bottom pairings? Yeah, and well, the Rangers made a move today, Andy, extending uh, Jimmy VC for two years. Uh, I think it's a smart, smart move. No brainer, um, well deserved, and the for eight hundred league minimum for one of the better defensive PKing forwards in the National Hockey League. That's a it's a steal, and it's a it's a, you make that move ten times out of ten. Yeah, and like listen, it just he, you know he wants to be here. The New York Rangers just grabbed a, you know, a player that, that has been, you know, I, I don't want to say he's been a, you know, transformative player, but he's definitely been a player for the New York Rangers that has been pretty consistent. And listen, he's not, he was never brought in to score goals or, you know, be a playmaker or, or a shutdown guy. He was just kind of a guy that you needed to be a spark plug at times and just keep working hard and, and you know throw pucks on net and just kind of be a pest and listen he he's done that so far and if you're telling me at league minimum that's the player that we're going to get uh yeah it's a excellent excellent signing and uh you know well deserved on his part listen i'll be the first to say it i was not a fan of bringing vc in but literally from almost day one in the preseason VC has been one of those guys that you knew just needed to be penciled in the lineup just because of the energy he's brought and just his style of play. So, um, yeah, well-deserved. Um, moving forward, Andy, um, our next game Thursday against Montreal. In Montreal, we have to win this game. Otherwise, my, you have good, to. my good feeling and vibe of the Carolina Hurricane game will just be gone and destroyed, and I will be pretty upset. Um, do you think that this right here, you just beat Florida right? You just beat Carolina. It could lead, you know, a gambling man would say this could be a letdown game going on to on the road. You might have a look ahead game against the New Jersey Devils Saturday at one o'clock. Are you nervous about this Canadians game? Uh, you know, no, I don't think so. I'd like to think this team has turned a corner. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, they've conceded a lot of goals in the last, uh, I don't know, 10 game segment. I mean, I'm just looking at going back just to their recent history. They had a pretty rough road trip. They, uh, you know, where are we today? Excuse me. Uh, so they just lost to, you know, six, three, uh, to the predators. They lost nine to two to the capitals. They lost seven to two to the Panthers. They lost four to one to the, to the lightning. They lost four to two to the Canadians. They, uh, Lost two to one to the Avalanche. They they their last win was an overtime win on December nineteenth against the Coyotes three to two. But before that, they lost to the Lightning five to one. They've lost to the Ducks five to two. Before that, they lost to the Senators three to two. They beat the Flames two to one in a shootout. Before that, so 
you know, it's going back almost to the, the beginning of December. They, they're not a good team. And they're already thinking about there's, you know, there's talk about sending a lot of their kids back, you know, Slavkovsky included down to Laval to, to develop down there in the AHL. And this is a lost season for them. And there's no reason you shouldn't beat this team. Like, yes, I understand that the parity in the NHL now, yada, 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 any team can be any other team on a given night. That's fine. The Rangers, that goes out the window at this point. They are not a good team. There is no excuse. You need to beat them. That's it. That's it's just the, the long and the short of it. The Rangers are, have been a much better team on the road. You're going you're playing a team that's tanking this year, probably from this point forward on the road. Who's going to they're probably going to, you know, send their kids down or you know, call up AHL guys or whatever they're going to do. But it's just, they're not a good team. You have to win tomorrow. There's no excuses. If you lose, on the, the only acceptable way for the Rangers to lose this game is if they literally somehow get out goalied and lose, you know, uh, in a, one nothing against whoever's in net or two to one or whatever. But they hit a million posts and they, they put up, you know, 40 plus shots. Because if you don't, there's no excuse. And uh, yeah, so there's no excuse. They need to win tomorrow. It is a that is a must win game. Yeah, and you just, you need to score. I mean, this team has given up the most goals in the East. Uh, I think like their second most in, in the whole league. So it's a team that has given up a lot of goals, and you're just gonna you're gonna have to put the puck in the net. And that either, whether that means you know going three for five again on the power play, so be it. If that's how you want to win hockey games and score goals, go ahead. Listen, you know, I always say, you know, especially in the playoffs, it's a race to three goals. If you're the first team to score three goals, you're almost guaranteed to win the hockey game. Very rarely, I think, does it, you know, come back. But, uh, you know, it, it just, you gotta put the puck in the net against a weaker team, put them away early. The longer that game gets dragged out, that, you know, they're, they're gonna, you know, they're, they're probably gonna be feeling good about themselves if they can go into the third period with a tie game or a lead. You know, we don't need a comeback win just to get over the hump against Montreal. Um, you know, this is this again, this is a team that has struggled over the past month and now it's time, you know, to to really, you know, take a do a number on them. You know, this could be a feel good game. This should be a stat night game. This is should be a game where there you see contributions up and down the lineup. And then you know, you come back home, you play the New Jersey Devils on the road, and then you have a couple of days off. So, you know, the next, you know, two games are going to be huge. And, you know, um, especially the two points against the New Jersey Devils, you know, it's a four point swing right there. You know, if you lose that game compared to winning that hockey game, because this is a team that you're going to be battling for, you know, to for position, whether that's a top three team in the Metro or a wild card spot. And, you know, and the schedule again, doesn't get much easier next week. It's a little bit lighter, but you have Minnesota and Dallas, two of the best teams in the Western Conference. So, you know, the Rangers really need to, you know, you know, you know, figure it out here. Be consistent, get get points uh, when you can get them. And and certainly, you know, this should be a layup and, and you know, and then go to battle against the New Jersey Devils against one o'clock against your, you know, Hudson River, River rival. It's always tough for me to say. I got a big tongue. So, uh, yeah. Anything else, Andy? I mean, um, you know, I think there's a proper way to end this podcast, but you know, unless you got some, some thoughts. Uh, no, I, you know, I think, 
I look forward on our next podcast. It's we're getting closer to the announcement of the first forwards selected or forwards, the first uh, skaters uh, selected for the, the upcoming NHL All-Star game next month. So I look forward to talking about that on our next podcast. But uh, at least as far as the Rangers go, we basically covered it. I mean, they have had they've been good in their last 10 games. They've, you know, outside of it, honestly, outside of a stinker against the Washington Capitals, they've been, they've been, everything else has been good. And, and that's including games they lost in a shoot, like in losing in a shootout to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know what I mean? So, and I think, again, it's not about, you know, it, and Turk says this all the time, it's not about winning and losing so much. Obviously, winning and losing is important, but it's like if you play the right way, and you lose and you get unlucky or you just it goes to a shootout and you lose in the shootout. And it was a good game and you, you, you can battle hard and you competed and you kept up with the other team and you pressured them. And, you know, they maybe pressured you, but then you took the you know, took control of the game and whatever. Then that's fine. Those results, you, more than not, you're going to be a team that's in the playoffs. So there's no excuse for the Rangers anymore. You, you should be in the flow of the season by now. You know, they obviously came coming off of the holiday break. They were really sluggish and then they had to get back to it. And they, they seem to last night, they found that, that look, look, we can tap into this gear now. So you're going on the road. You've been, they've been good there all year. So they, sh- they need to continue to be businesslike. Yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely agree. Um, so, you know, I kind of wanted to end this, you know, podcast, uh, obviously I'm sure most sports fans saw what happened the other night with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, you know, obviously he's going through a lot. His family's going through a lot and the Buffalo organization is going through a lot. And, you know, I know it's an NFL game, but you know, we've seen so many scary moments, even in hockey and, uh, you know, you know, we, you know, even going back to the Chris Pronger slap shot to the chest where, you know, he had something similar, uh, you know, maybe, you know, not as, as uh, tough of what tough as DeMar Hamlin's going through, but, uh, you know, obviously our hopes and, and prayers are with him and his family and hopefully he can, uh, you know, battle through this and, and get better soon and, and, you know, you know, restart his life, so to speak, and at whatever capacity that may be, uh, after he gets uh, better here. So, um, Andy, any uh, any other words? No, I, I mean you, uh, you know, uh, wonderfully uh, covered it. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with Demar, with his family, and again, we're just all hoping and praying that he can pull through this and continue to get better and that uh yeah that he uh, can continue to do what he loves so you know our thoughts and prayers are with Demar Hamlin his family uh, the Bills organization and uh, yeah just I think it's always important for us all to take stock of we love sports and we love watching um you know games they're essentially games but you know, these are real human beings who, uh, you know, have families and, you know, have uh, personal lives. And uh, let's, it's important to never forget that. And again, that's no matter what situation, that's always the most important thing. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Mar Hamlin and his uh, family in law. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.